Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. Today is December 16th. This is episode 18, the weekly running X Factor, where I bring you global news and insights in the world of cryptocurrencies, digital economies, blockchain, you name it, all around the world. And today, I have an amazing, amazing show for you again. And it's a real pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, so, and uh, let's let's talk. Let's just kick things off. No advertisements. No uh, no shilling of any kind. You know, just uh, pure news and analysis and insights. So, there was a report this week. There was a Huobi, Huobi, 2022 crypto industry report. Now let's look at the report. There have been five key takeaways, okay, from this report. Um, and over the last year, you know, the Web3 industry has seen a roller coaster, obviously. Contagion, FTX, Celsius, you name it, it's happened in 2022. Crazy. Um, but the latest industry industry report from uh, Huobi, Global Crypto Industry Overview and Trends, what it's called. We're pulled together and um, let's look at the top five takeaways and let me know if anything's missing. Let me know your thoughts. Okay. Number one, NFTs became the most discussed crypto term worldwide. I didn't know there were so many artists, but NFTs so much more than art. There's gaming, there's DeFi, Bitcoin, crypto, everything, you know, um, NFT is not not just non-fungible JPEG. It's not NFJ. It's NFT, non-fungible token, non-fungible ticket, uh, a receipt from what you bought. You know, it's important in the collectible space. So NFTs, the report says, can be well integrated with various industries such as sports, arts, entertainment, cultural creations, expanding the application scenarios on a larger scale. A lot of promise to NFTs going forward. Uh, looking forward to it. Number two, the United States dominates centralized exchange usage and industry development. I'm going to share an article with you later and ask you a question, but we'll get to that then. Uh, what we're seeing is that the centralized exchanges, you know, all were based out of the, the ones that failed. were all based out of the U.S., you know, um, and uh, people want, it makes sense because people still want to trust an entity instead of just trusting themselves in technology. Um, but the old saying was true this year, not your keys, not your crypto. A lot of us learn, including me, learn the hard way. Number three, Asia is on top for heated interest in NFTs. According to the report, four of the top five spots were occupied by Asian countries. Um, it was uh, mainland China, followed by Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan was fifth, and coming in fourth was Nigeria. Um, very interesting. So that I know they're growing the space in Nigeria. So it's going to be Africa is going to be uh, over overgoing and um, transformation over the next few decades. It'd be really interesting to see. Number four, GameFi and Metaverse dominate investments. Um, that's not surprising, but GameFi and Metaverse have been big winners in the industry over the last year, especially GameFi. A lot of gaming, a lot of people play games, and you've got in Philippines kids playing Axie Infinity 
making millions per year playing games. Hey, it's really cool. And a Q3 report by DAP Radar showed a $1.3 billion in investments by GameFi and Metaverse Initiatives, which is cool. And and I'm not don't know if you're familiar with DAP Radar, but they have all the crypto games there they listed. There's a lot of statistics, a lot of analysis. It's a really awesome site. So and number five, over 100 regulations have been issued for the crypto industry. Uh, you know, there's no talking about the crypto industry without talking about regulations because every country wants to regulate it. Everyone wants to regulate it differently. Everybody wants to recreate the wheel. We don't have a global unified uh, regulation committee. I'm on the uh, Global DCA, which is the Digital Currency Association, and we are global. Um, and I'm an individual member. But people who want to get involved in regulation, that's a really good place to start talking about it. So, um yeah so those are the five things and um we move onward onward into this new coming year and let's talk about the oecd also global news the new oecd report takes lessons from crypto winter false financial engineering and also fault certain people but hey let's look at what it say okay let's look at these guys they say the oecd analyzed the crypto winter which they're calling now Crypto Winter 2.0, in a new policy paper titled Lessons from the Crypto Winter, DeFi versus CeFi, released on December 14. The authors examined the impact of Crypto Winter on retail investors and the role of financial engineering in the industry's current problems and found a lot not to like. The paper from the OECD, an intergovernmental body with 38 member states dedicated to economic progress and world trade, concentrated on events in the first three quarters of 2022. We're not even talking October, November, December yet. It placed the blame for them squarely on the lack of safeguards due to non-compliant provision of regulated financial activity and the fact that some of these activities may fall outside of the existing regulatory frameworks in some jurisdictions. That's common sense. The report noted that institutional market participants exited their positions sooner than retail investors, who may have even continued to invest as the market collapsed. That's what you want to do, you know, buy low. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Investors in Terra, USD, for example, had little understanding of the circular and reflexive character of the so-called stablecoin, which had no tangible value. Um, yeah. Okay, meanwhile, contagion spread throughout the industry due to its high interconnectivity. Uh, we had a contagion now. We had a contagion four years ago from the ICOs. Every, uh, every winter is brutal. Every summer is glorious uh, until there's a balance there. It's going to be risky. It's going to be riskier than usual, but technology investments always have been. So awesome report. Check it out. It's a great report from the OECD. Uh, yeah. So now let's talk about let's talk about this one first. The community, the community is baffled by Trump's bizarre simp DAO NFT collection. He launched this yesterday. It looks like I saw some some uh, collections on Twitter. Uh, former president and crypto hater Donald Trump's bizarre NFT collectible project has left the community baffled. Even conservatives and avid MAGA supporters are scratching their heads while analysts uh, analysts are looking uh, at the SimpDAO project. Um, Trump 
has called it a major announcement via his social media platform, Truth Social. Uh, he unveiled a collection of 45,000 NFT trading cards with the artwork depicting himself in outfits such as golf attire, hunting gear, and a superhero costume. Wow. So um, he publicly hated blockchain and crypto, but now he loves blockchain and crypto. My my bet he was he loved it all along. And uh, check out this Trump SimpDAO collection. If you want to buy something, buy something. And let me know your thoughts. And let me know your thoughts on this because I'm going to actually post a poll. And it's going to be my first poll because it's awesome to post a poll and engage with listeners. And I need to do a better job at that. And I am. So let's look at the article first. And then let's ask the question. According to JP Morgan, which is the Jimmy Diamond's bank, 13% of Americans have now held crypto, okay, which is around 13% of the American population or 43 million people have held cryptocurrency at some point in their lives. According to a December 13 report entitled The Dynamics and Demographics of U.S. Household Crypto Asset Use, this number has risen dramatically since before 2020 when the figure was only around 3%. The latest data from J.P. Morgan comes from analyzing checking account transfers from a sample of over 5 million customers. It found 600,000 customers in the sample group transferred cash to crypto accounts at some point during the period of 2020 to 2022. My question is not going to be if you had an account at J.P. Morgan, why wouldn't you have want to buy crypto instead? That's not my question. My question is this. Out of the 13%, okay? How many people, how many, what percentage do you think know what they bought? They think they they know the ecosystems, know the community, know what what they actually hold, or do you think they just bought something? You know, um, how many of those 13% are educated and understand what they hold? I'm going to post that on the, uh, on the, uh, podcast question on um spotify and you guys can answer them look really looking to know what this number is going to be um so very cool things and uh you know are happening in south america let's go to brazil brazil could cement its status as an economic leader thanks to a 2024 cbdc move brazil is uh more than 30 million Brazil citizens have no bank accounts. There's a big, big um, black market there. Yep, people know that. There's no credit cards, debit cards, or what's wrong. You know, huge, like half of their economy, half of their GDP um, is from the underground market. For roughly a decade, Brazil has been passing legislation aimed at changing the situation. However, the results have fallen short. To better understand the reason, let's step back and look at from a historical perspective. The Brazilian banking industry has always been extremely concentrated historically due to the country's macroeconomic volatility, the bank's legacy technology, the abacus, and stringent oversight. At one point in time, the regulator needs some reliable bulwarks to build the local financial system and deal with scale. 
concentration was an inevitable flip side of that strategy. Yeah, like I said. Now, um, Brazilian is uh, launched certain payment networks, but now they are set to launch a central bank digital currency in 2024. So uh, it'll be in 2024, and we'll see what happens from that. There's good down, there's good upside from CBDC, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of downside too. So um, we'll see how that works out. Okay, so. And in that, Crypto.com continues its worldwide registration push with a Brazilian EMI license. Crypto.com has received a payment institution license from Banco Central do Brasil, the Central Bank of Brazil. The license will allow it to continue offering regulated fiat wallet services for customers, according to an announcement by the company. Um, they've offered a Visa card in Brazil for purchases in crypto um, or fiat since last year. Uh, the Singapore-based exchange recently added a proof of reserve page to a website, to its website. It's received approvals now from several countries, including France, the UK, South Korea, um, looks like Dubai, and uh, they are look they have gotten it in Brazil. So hand in hand. Good news in Brazil. So let's go to Europe. Let's uh, fly over across the seas and go to the UK. The FCA's incoming chair calls for further crypto regulation. Ew. Okay. The United Kingdom's Financial Conduct Authority recently appointed chair has presented an unfriendly attitude toward cryptocurrencies in a cross-party treasury select committee meeting that's unfortunate because uk was doing a good job let's see what it says ashley alder who will assume control of the fca in february told treasury members that cryptocurrency related businesses were deliberately evasive and suggested the sector facilitated money laundering i've heard that before from um hiawatha no i mean pocahontas i mean senator warren yeah um according to a report from financial times the chief Current chief executive of Hong Kong Securities and Future Commissions highlighted his belief that uh, cryptocurrency ecosystem creates risk that further regulation from government. Our experience to date, whether FTX is other or others, is that deliberately invasive. They are a method by which money laundering happens in size, except in the UK last year, you had people trying to smuggle gold bars through the airport in their butt. Okay, maybe you want to look at that instead. Let me know your thoughts. Moving somewhere where crypto is friendly, the Netherlands. Yes, the Netherlands tops new survey as the most metaverse-ready country. Cool. The metaverse and digital reality experiences are barreling toward consumers, whether they are ready or not. However, there are certain places in the world that are more ready, and one of them is the Netherlands. A new study by Uswitch an internet and telephone service researcher looked at a combination of fixed broadband speeds, broadband uh, package prices, the number of blockchain financial startups, and the price of high technology exports to determine which countries have the capacity to embrace the metaverse. All those things are needed. It's not just a hype word. Okay. At the top of the list is Netherlands with the most hospitable conditions to cater to such technology. 
the Netherlands has one of the highest average fixed broadband speeds of 106.51 MIBIPS. The country also produced roughly $6,000 of high technology exports per capita last year, which is pretty good. They ranked number one in metaverse interest from a consumer standpoint. And following the Netherlands are Switzerland, Lithuania, Malta, and France. All companies, all countries in the top five spaces are known for showing interest in the emerging Web3 space. Malta has been a particularly long-time crypto and blockchain hub. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're ready for the metaverse. So am I. But it's not a hype. There's development work to be done. There's investment to be done. I'm glad that they get it. Okay. Also, moving to Ukraine. Stellar partners with uh, UNHCR to give Ukrainian refugees cash via USDC. Humanitarian groups have increasingly used blockchain technology to solve problems with lack of banking or inadequate identity verification in developing or war-torn nations. Two new projects have been announced in December, including uh, one that provides cash to Ukrainian refugees through the Stellar Network, and another that plans to offer cash and vouchers through the Partisia Network. Okay, so let's stop right there and have a halt. I wrote a book. It's called Old Paradigms Die Hard. It's about how Ukraine has built a digital sovereign nation in the face of war with Russia. Um, interviews from 15 people um, in Ukraine, involved in Ukraine, uh, including the uh, the Minister of the Financial Transformation. And um, it's a great book, and people should read it. They want to educate themselves on what's going on in Ukraine. And then one of the early conversations that I had as far as a crypto hipster, hipster podcast, interviewed um, Partizia Blockchain. So they're up to some good stuff as well. So I know these people. Past blockchain projects have missed results. They say some projects have been effective at allowing recipients to bypass red tape and receive the aid they need. But for others, the use of blockchain has turned to be superfluous, but it's been useful. And a lot of good stories about people, uh, artists um, helping the military through NFTs um, and a lot of digital transformation, a lot of great things going on. So check it out, please. Okay, let's leave Europe. Let's go to Asia. Okay, Japan. Japan is set to ease 30% crypto tax on paper profits for token issuers. The Japanese government is set to ease tax requirements for local crypto firms as it pushes to stimulate growth in the domestic finance and tech sectors. At present, Japanese firms that issue crypto are required to pay a set 30% corporate tax rate on their holdings, even if they haven't realized a profit through a sale. As such, a number of domestically founded crypto blockchain firms and talent have reportedly chosen to set up shop elsewhere over the past few years. I'm in the U.S. That sounds familiar. Japan's ruling party, the Liberal Democratic Party's LDP Tax Committee, held a meeting this week and approved the proposal. Initially, be initially tabled in August, which removes the requirement for crypto companies to pay taxes on paper gains from tokens they have issued and held. Should only pay taxes on realized gains, not paper gains, because as we know this year, paper gains go away. So Japan, smart, 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 smart. 
Let me know your thoughts. Hey, cool. Hong Kong. Hong Kong Crypto Futures ETFs raise over $70 million ahead of uh, debut. Okay. $70 million. Let's see. Uh, crypto Futures Exchange Traded Funds ETFs managed by CSOP. SOP Asset Management have raised $73.6 million in investments ahead of their listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, which is uh, happening today or happened today. In an announcement, the ETF issuer highlighted that its Bitcoin futures ETF has raked in $53.8 million, while their Ether futures ETF has collected $19.7 million in initial investments. Both ETFs will be managed to invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum futures listed on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange to track um, the asset prices. Um, according to the Tim McCourt, an executive at CME Group, the listing of ETFs shows the increasing client demand for exposure to Bitcoin and Ether. All right. So let's uh, let's go on to um, let's go on to Australia. OK, Finder.com sued by Australian regulator over its crypto yield product. Oops. The financial product comparison website finder.com is being sued by Australia's financial services regulator for allegedly offering a cryptocurrency yield-bearing product without the required license. It's the second local provider of a crypto yield product to be targeted by the regulator following action against block earner in November. The Australian Securities and Investments Commission began court proceedings on December 15 against finders.com's subsidiary Finder Wallet, a locally registered digital currency exchange. Okay, let's get out of this article. Okay, good luck with that. Um, and uh, we will go to, uh, let's see, a different article, Australia. Australian choking mapping, consultation paper to release in early 2023. Australian treasurer Jim Chalmers has revealed that the government will release a cons consultation paper in early 2023 as part of its choking mapping initiative. The crypto sector has received greater attention from Australian regulatory and enforcement agencies since the FTX implosion, with the government emphasizing the importance of providing greater consumer protection laws as soon as possible. In December 14th statement, Chalmers noted that the Anthony Albanese-led government is taking action to improve the regulation of crypto service providers and ensure additional safeguards for Australians. As part of that process, Chalmers revealed the consultation paper will cover how Certain crypto assets should be regulated alongside frameworks for company licensing, asset custody, consumer protection. Um, yeah, okay, that's cool. Hookah mapping is very important. It's been going on since Ethereum was founded. Um, and, uh, you know, tokenomics is a really special, important part of the crypto economy. Okay, we're going to we're gonna go to Africa and finish it up. We'll talk about Bitcoin, too. Uh, Oh, I did. I did want to mention that I did interview Morgan Rockwell this week for my latest crypto hipster podcast. It was an amazing conversation. We talk about SHA-256, the consensus algorithm. Is it Victor Frankenstein or is it Frankenstein's monster? Check it out. Let's talk about Bitcoin Lightning Network. Okay, the Bitcoin Lightning Network is to be used in fiat transfers between Europe and Africa. 
the ongoing crypto winter is not stopping the industry from pushing for global adoption and accessibility. A new partnership between Coin Corner and Bitnob allows users across continents to perform cross-border transactions involving multiple fiat currencies, and they're doing this on the Lightning Network. Fund transfers between Europe and Africa you know, typically use a third-party facilitator, like a Western Union, unreliable, slow, bogged down, bureaucratic, right? These transactions require many parties' approval. It's a pain in the butt. takes time. Fees, crazy. The World Bank estimates that remittances to sub-Saharan Africa were over 40 billion yearly in 2020. There's no reason for Western Union to make that kind of money. Um, but Nigeria receiving almost half the sum. And now users can transfer funds via the Bitcoin Lightning Network from the UK and Europe to select African countries and allows um, immediate immediate uh, transfer of the fiat in different industries, like from pounds or euros to Nigerian Nairas or Kenyan shillings or uh, Ghanaian credits, any of this. It's awesome. It's amazing. You cut out the middleman. That's the intention of blockchain technology. So um, anyway, have an amazing week. It was great to be able to uh, to bring you the the uh, crypto hipster uh, X factor, the X factor with the crypto hipster. Let me know your thoughts and um, we'll be here next week. Uh, enjoy. Have an awesome uh, have an awesome week and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening.